Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the Bucks Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bucks Wire editor, Luke Easterling. Yeah, we wanted to hang three banners this year, and uh, we don't have one of those division banners up there for a long time. And uh, it feels great. Welcome to the show. First of all, let us be the first to wish you a healthy and happy new year. And a quick shout out to our listeners that you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for the Bucks Wire and hit that subscribe button. We appreciate that. And leave us a review. Luke, how you doing, man? Coming off of Christmas, Bucks clinched the NFC South. That's a good thing. Uh, how you feeling about the team right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's nice to wear the, the, the hats and T-shirts, right? It's uh, It's been a long time. It's been a while. Uh, I was uh, the Bucks last won the division the year I got married, so uh, it's it's been a minute. Yeah, it's, been a, it's been a minute. I have two I have two kids now that are like <laughs> yeah. legit grown kids. You know, they're they're big kids now. So it's a lot a lot has happened, and uh, yeah, it's not. I mean, how do I feel about the team overall? I'm not sure. It's you know still a lot of injuries, a lot of guys on the COVID list now. Uh, we'll see what happens. But if there was ever a day that you needed to play the Jets, it would be the week where you're missing uh, a, a, an all-star team worth of guys. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, something tells me Brady looked at the schedule and said, oh, good, we have the Jets this week. It's going to be fine. He's got plenty of experience beating up on the Jets. He'll be like Bugs Bunny. He'll just throw it to himself. Exactly. It'll be fine. Exactly. Or he'll just throw it to Antonio Brown, right? I mean, that was he was the main man. A.B. comes back in this game. Luke, everybody was talking about it. And without... Evans and without Godwin and without Lenny Fournette, Brady basically he just featured AB right, hit him ten times, 101 yards, and you really got the sense that AB relished a chance to come in and be the wide receiver one. He he did come in and he kind of had the swag going and he was ready for that, right? I mean he's been what option three or four behind Godwin's Evans and Gronk since he got here, and he, you got to think he really relished that opportunity to go out and kind of dominate again. Yeah, he absolutely did, and and not, not a moment too soon. The Bucks offense absolutely needed his presence out there. Again, Brady had 18 completions, and 10 of them were were to Brown. So, um, and he was working on Stephon Gilmore a lot of the game too. It's not like he just had you know some scrub out there. So he you know he he reminded everybody that even at even at his age at this point in his career, he is still uh, you know a force to be reckoned with out there. One of the the more complete receivers in the game might not have the the explosiveness that he had earlier in his career, but his his intelligence, his route running ability, his understanding of how to set up DBs and, and make plays. I mean, it's second to really nobody in the league still. And, and I, all of that experience helps uh, a lot in that department. So, yeah, it was, you know, he came back at a perfect time. There, there's a reason that Arians was very gung-ho about, yeah, of course he's coming back because he knew that he needed him in order to, to have any sort of game plan through the air. Bucks didn't really need much of one in this game. Obviously, the defense carried them. The offensive line was fantastic. Even without Lenny, they ran the ball pretty well. Um, you know, defense doesn't give up a touchdown for the second game in a row. So quarterback didn't have to do much this time, but when he did go to the air, it was nice to to have a, a your third number one wide receiver to throw to. Yeah, you mentioned Bruce. He did. He clarified his stance on AB, and and it was almost kind of refreshing. He basically said, "Look, I don't care what you guys think. I, I care if we're going to win the Super Bowl again, and that's what Antonio Brown gives us the best chance to do." So part of that's refreshing for me, Luke. But the part that still gets me like uh, just gets me shaking my head is when Bruce calls him a model citizen. So he's been a model citizen since he's been here. It's like, that's just not true. That's just not true, Bruce. You can't say he's been a model citizen. You could say he gives you the best chance to win, and, and yeah, and he's a phenomenal football player, and we're going for the Super Bowl, but you can't call him a model citizen, right? I mean, that, that's where Bruce loses me. Right, and it's not like people don't root for second chances, right? I mean, everybody, you know, we all want second chances for ourselves, so we better be willing to give them to others, right? But 
that's not, you know, that's not the same as, you know, claiming that he doesn't need one, you know, like claiming that because he's managed to stay out of, you know, trouble theoretically, you know, for a year or so after some of the issues he had earlier in his career, that that means that he's not doing anything. You know, I don't know. I don't know quite how to phrase it, but especially coming out of this situation to continue to claim that he's, you know, basically, you know, still the same as it was a year ago and hasn't had any issues. I mean, I don't know what else you would call that. Again, at the end of the day, I do appreciate at least Bruce's honesty in saying, whatever you think about it, it doesn't matter. My, you know, my goal is what's best for this franchise. What's best for this team right now is to have Antonio Brown on the team. Obviously that was proven on the field uh, Sunday, but you know, let's, let's, let's stop pretending it is anything but what it is. We haven't heard from AB in a while, Luke. He's been injured and he was suspended, so we haven't heard from him. He did uh, talk after this game, and I'll just read a little bit of the quotes here for the listeners in case they haven't seen him yet. He said, I'm just here to do my job. I can't control what people write, how people try to frame me. People try to bring me down. Life is all about obstacles and persevering and doing what's right. I'm standing before you guys, grateful, humble, and thankful. I want you to get your thoughts on some of the things he said post game, Luke. Sounds like he's like denying that he tried to fake his vaccination card. It, it almost sounds like that when you when you read his comments and and other comments about his injury made it seem like he denies he ever had an ankle injury too. So he was kind of uh, denying, denying, denying everything. What was your take on his comments after the game? I mean, there's a lot of different a lot of different spokes to this, right? There's a lot of different <laughs> aspects to this. I'm gonna try to keep it brief because I don't want to wax poetic. There's please, already a ton please. of Bucks fans out there that yeah. think that I just I hate Antonio Brown personally. I don't hate him personally. I don't have any sort of you know. I have certain feelings about you know some of the behaviors in the past and some of the actions he's you know taken, but that's not you know I, I still write about him like I would write about anybody else on the team and and try to try my best to, to cover him as a professional. And that's kind of what, you know, why I had an issue with the way he, he operated in his press conference, because it wasn't professional. You know, it, all those comments are one thing, but he'll say in one breath that he's, you know, he's thankful and he's humbled and just trying to, you know, do what's right. You know, 30 seconds after interrupting a reporter's question and shouting her down and saying next question, next question and going off on, you know, you know what he believes to, to be a an effort by the media to paint him in, in some sort of way. And, and, you know, I don't know how else to break it to, to him or anybody else that kind of sees the, the situation from his perspective, but you know, we, we write about what happens and if the situation wasn't created by what he did, we don't write about it. So, you know, it, it just, it's, it's frustrating to me sometimes and it feels disingenuous to be upset about the media covering a situation that you created with the decisions that you made as if we invented it. It's, you know, and again, just, you know, there's a way to go about it. I think to be able to say, Hey, I don't really want to talk about that. I would like to focus on what's on the game. And, and part of that is a procedural thing too, because the media wanted to speak to AB earlier in the week to, you know, almost get all that out of the way. Right. We hadn't yeah. spoken to him in a while. We want to be able to ask him about the suspension. That was not a great time after like right after the game, he's had a great performance. The team wins the division that's not a great time to need to catch up about the suspension and about all that stuff. But when you haven't spoken to the guy, that's, what's going to lead. It's got, you know, that's the way it works. Okay. That's if you haven't had a chance to, to discuss that and speak with the player about that, you're going to have to ask those questions first before you get to the game. Obviously he was frustrated by that. And and in that way, I kind of understand, I understand being frustrated that people don't want to talk about the performance you just had. They want to talk about what's going on, but I feel like that could have been made better by being able to speak with him earlier in the week and kind of get that all out of the way. So there's a lot of different ways in which this could have gone differently. The the one that really did baffle me was when somebody asked for details about the injury, because it was a very unique injury. Remember they said it was an ankle and then Bruce was like, no, it's more his heel. So it's kind of tricky. And that's why it took so long to heal. Somebody asked him about that. 
And he responded with another, you know, kind of, I don't know if rant is the right word, but he just, he continued his, his kind of speech on the media and how they portray him and like all the stuff. And we're all just sitting there like, like we just wanted to know what was hurt, man. That's all. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's so again, deny, it was, yeah, it's the deny accuse kind of thing, right? I'm going to deny it and accuse the media type deal. Uh, yeah. I don't know, man. It is. I think at this point, like you said, it's just, it, it is what it is. He is, he is the football player. He is um, the, the personality that he is. That's, you know, I feel like that is, that is who Antonio Brown has always been. And that's, you know, that's, I, I, it seems like he makes no apologies for that. And I, I understand that. It's just, you know, I think at, at this point, all parties need to understand, you know, that that's, he, he is here to help this team win a Super Bowl. It, it helped last year and they won the Super Bowl. And I guess we'll see if it happens again this year. Yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't want to be talking about off the field stuff with. I don't, TV, man. That's the thing, man. That's the thing. Last year. I was like, man, you guys just want to just keep bringing this stuff up. Like, trust me when I tell you, we would much rather not have these things to talk about. And we knew it was coming when they signed him last year. We just, we knew, we knew we were going to be here eventually uh, doing this. You know, AB, just tell your PR department to put out, a like have him put out a statement before the game, addressing everything the way you want to address it. And then just refer back to that press release during your, your post game. There's yeah, different ways. Just you say, can I, I addressed yeah. it. I addressed it yeah. already. It, do, it does seem when you, when you read AB's comments, he just has a, kind of a distorted view of reality sometimes uh and, and that's a nice way to put it i think but uh no doubt about it he's going to be here helping the bucks uh make a super bowl run a couple games left in the season there's some guys on covid uh some key players mike evans sean murphy bunting jamel dean bruce arians luke he's on the covid list we'll talk about that coming up uh but first our questions of the week stick with us this is the typical sports book fantasy minute let's make this interesting interesting I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for the Fantasy Football Championship Week, number 17. Quarterback Russell Wilson, Seattle Seahawks versus Detroit Lions. Wide receivers DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are back in business. And tight end Gerald Everett has been on the upswing in recent weeks. Running back Rashad Penny has managed to resurrect his early career hype in a span of three games. And through all of that, Wilson still hasn't been a fantasy factor since returning from surgery. That should change versus a Detroit defense that has given up six performances of at least 21 fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. While the Lions may be improved against the pass, there's just too much to contain, and Russ should get back to cooking at home. He's good for 250 and 2 at minimum. Running back Devin Singletary, Buffalo Bills versus Atlanta Falcons. In the last three weeks, Singletary is RB5 overall in PPR scoring. I bet you didn't have that on your fantasy football bingo card for December. Atlanta has struggled to contain the position in 2021, and Singletary's upswing has come at a perfect time to trust them as an RB2 in reception-rewarding formats. Running backs have averaged 21 PPR points per game against this defense in the last five weeks, and the season-long look at that number is 25.6, or 11% higher than the league average. Amon Ra, St. Brown, Detroit Lions at Seattle Seahawks. In a year full of big-name rookie receivers, St. Brown's 74 receptions trails only Jalen Waddle's 96. Last Sunday, 9 catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown came with Tim Boyle under center, showing he can deliver regardless of the quarterback. Jared Goff is due back this week after being activated from the COVID protocols. Seattle has permitted 15 receivers to catch at least 5 passes in 2021. In the last 5 weeks, only Cooper Cup has more catches, and just Cup and Justin Jefferson have more targets than this rookie. Even if Seattle manages to keep him out of the end zone, St. Brown has had enough volume go his way to suggest that he can overcome it. Tight end Foster Moreau, Las Vegas Raiders at Indianapolis Colts. Moreau once again will be the primary tight end if Darren Waller cannot play through a knee injury. Indy has given up top three numbers for yardage and receptions in the last five weeks, and Moreau has been trending in the right direction with 10 plus PPR points in consecutive games after being mostly quiet during Waller's absence. While trusting Moreau is risky, the Colts offer an amazing opportunity in PPR scoring. 
Best of luck in your championship quest. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, it's that time of the show for our questions of the week, Luke, and here's question number one. The Jaguars have requested interviews with Byron Leftwich and Todd Bowles. Which one of those guys do you think would be a better fit? Uh, man, in Jacksonville, I love I love Byron just because of the history there. Makes right? sense, right? I think it does make sense. There's part of me that worries that that's probably not the best place for a first-time head coach, and, and then, you know, Todd would obviously get kind of the nod there, but... Man, I, if I were a Jaguars fan, and going back to, to being a child, when the Jaguars first came in in 95, I was of the mind that, like, oh, man, I've been a lifelong Bucks fan. I don't really have a team in the AFC that I root for. And, you know, obviously Jacksonville's not far away. I loved those colors and the uniforms and the mascot. They were pretty cool. So I, I kind of adopted them as, like, my second team. I'll root for the Jags. And, um, so at, going back to those days, and obviously he was a, a top 10 pick by the Jags in uh, 07, I believe it was, and uh, maybe 03. I can't even remember now. It's been so long. But... But, you know, he, he had a pretty good run there, um, and I, th- I know that he's still very well thought of among that fan base. So I think for them, it would be a really feel-good story to have him come back, and, and I'd love to see him have some success there. I'd love to see him get a chance to work with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and, yeah, I, I really don't think they could go wrong either way. It just depends on what they're more interested in. Do you want a guy with, with head coaching experience and you want to be more focused on the defensive side of the ball, or do you want, you know, the new fresh guy who's looking for his first opportunity that has some roots in the franchise that would be able to develop your quarterback that you just spent a number one pick on. They really couldn't go wrong either way. I think both of them would be a great choice. It feels like a good situation, but also one that could just go wrong, right? <laughs> it, 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 like the Jags, like that. It's, it's Jacksonville, so yeah. it could always go wrong. It could go, it, starting it, with the <laughs> fact that they're keeping Trent Baalke as the GM. Which yeah, yeah. That, just not becomes, the right foot to start it off on, but that's a whole other podcast worth right there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, question number two. The fantasy football secret weapon of last week. And I mean, if you if you were to Google Tyler Johnson, Luke, you would find all kinds of articles, fantasy football articles about how Tyler Johnson was going. He was the guy. He was the sleeper, the streamer. Yep. He was going to start for Chris Godwin in the slot. He was going to get targeted heavily by Tom Brady in this game. It was a good matchup. All of that stuff. (laughs) Now, I did pick up Tyler Johnson and I left him on my bench, thankfully. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I picked I him up, anyway. but it's a dynasty league, so yeah, okay. I'm picking him up for the future. Right? Yeah, I've got him in my this. dynasty roster. I'm not dropping him from that. Uh, but he saw it's one thing for him not to be heavily involved in the game plan, but it's another for him not to be involved, right? Luke, zero targets. They didn't even drop one play for Tyler Johnson, and I found that to be stunning, uh, given the matchup, given the situation. Brady just wanted to force feed AB all game long, and and it worked. You can't you can't knock him for that. And then you know Keyshawn Vaughn and other guys helped out, but. Can you provide any solace for Bucks fans who may have started this man in their fantasy playoffs and, and got burned by putting Tyler Johnson in there? Can you? Why the hell was TJ not in this game plan? I, you know, I don't know why he wasn't, and I think it might actually be a, a more of a situation where someone else rose to the occasion and, and beat him to the punch, and that's Cyril Grayson Jr. Um, you know, Cyril told us after the game that that Bruce came to him early in the week and said, "Hey, you're going to be." You're going to be up. You're going to be involved. You're going to be heavily. And he said a lot of that had to do with his blocking ability, which Tyler Johnson is a really good blocker too. 
um, you don't really get drafted or, or signed by this franchise unless you know how to block as a receiver. So um, I think really it was about Grayson's – it was about a, a period of last year to this year. We go back to 2019 when Grayson was first signed by the team, which he was driving for Uber at the time, by the way. He told me he had just gotten his uh, substitute teaching license when the Bucks called him. That's awesome. Because uh, he, he thought it was over. Um, but they've kept him around, and he has impressed the team – and the coaching staff with his hard work, dedication, his, you know, his work ethic and, and toughness in, in being able to block in the run game and, and just do whatever's necessary. And I think that cumulative effect outweighed what Tyler Johnson's potential in the future gives this team. So moving forward, I still think a lot of Tyler Johnson, I think the team does as well. But I think Sunday's game was such a, an important game that they were like, listen, you know, Tyler's got a lot of promise and, and, and all that, but you know, maybe maybe it has to do with the fact that Bruce talked about and coming into training camp that he was a little bit out of shape, and you know he needed some time to kind of get, you know, to the point where he was ready to play. And and I don't know that he would hold that against him, but when you have that guy standing next to a guy who's been busting his ass and and, and kind of uh, an example of of hard work and doing the tough things behind the scenes, maybe you reward that guy. Maybe maybe you say, hey, this is going to be your week, and you give that guy a chance to shine. And boy, did he ever! Twenty seven yards a catch, Ryan. Uh, and, and blocked his tail off as well. Uh, had the big block on the on the run by Keyshawn Vaughn. So I don't think it says anything, you know, in a big way. I think that just for this week, the stars aligned. They gave they've Grayson the opportunity to shine, and he did that. I still think they think a lot of Tyler Johnson moving forward, but they just they made the decision that Grayson was the guy this week, and they were right about it. And and I think when it comes to T, uh, Tyler Johnson. Uh, I think you said it right. Keep them on your dynasty rosters, but I think in redraft leagues and, and fantasy championship games, f- semifinals, hey, he might be. Uh, you just leave him on the waiver wire. <laughs> it's a swing and a miss. It happens. Yeah, yeah, let's leave him on the waiver wire. We're not picking him up this week, even though the Bucks have kind of the same situation at, at receiver right now. I think uh, let's not trust TJ in that in the lineup. Uh, and so, okay, question number three: Give me your top New Year's resolution for the Bucks heading into twenty twenty two, Luke. Uh, I think the New Year's resolution would be don't spend second round picks on quarterbacks that are going to sit the bench. On you. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good one. That is a good one. Uh, you know, just I mean the injuries that the, that this team has dealt with, and obviously COVID, we knew was going to continue to be an issue when the draft was happening. And you know, sure, this is a little bit biased because I thought Kyle Trask as a prospect was a bit of a reach. I know the Bucks could afford to do that because they didn't really need anything else at the time. But when injuries happen, you go back to that second round, go back and look at, you know, I'm sure you could find two or three corners on the board that would have helped a lot when this team was without Carlton Davis, and without Jamel Dean, and without Sean Murphy Bunting, and without Richard Sherman, and every other corner on this team who has missed at least one game this year, or, or you know, a safety because Antoine Winfield has missed multiple games, Jordan White has missed multiple games. Mike Edwards got suspended. You know, Joe Tryon Shanka has been a great first round pick because you're thinking, oh, you have JPP and Shaq Barrett. You don't need another pass rusher. Well, JPP gets hurt, tries to play through it all year. Now Shaq Barrett's hurt, and you got a first round caliber defensive end that you can put in there now. So, you know, Kyle Trask may develop into a starting quarterback down the line, but I tell you what, if the Bucs could go back and do it again, I think they'd much rather have a, a, a corner they could put in there, maybe a de- interior defensive lineman. Uh, an offensive lineman, somebody, you know, maybe even another receiver with the way the receivers have been dropping like flies, maybe a running back. I don't know. But there's a lot of things that could have helped more than a quarterback that you're keeping inactive every week this year. That's a good one. That's a good one. I didn't know you're going that way with it, Luke, but I love it. I can't, I couldn't agree with you more. Sean Murphy bunting, Jamel Dean, these guys are, are on COVID right now. We don't know if they're going to be available for this weekend. Could really use a, a nice young corner to put in there and, and, and prop it up. 
We'll talk about where the Bucks are heading into this game against who? The, the Jets. The Jets. Oh, man. Brady's going to be pumped up about this. Brady loves playing the Jets. He's done that for his whole life. Uh, he's been crapping all over the Jets, Luke. We'll get into that matchup. We'll talk about the spread right after this. This is the typical sports book minute. Let's make this interesting. What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slippin' Podcast presented by SportsbookWire.usatoday.com. I'm here with my handicapping homie, Nathan Beagle, to break down this week's Monday Night Football game between the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Our friends at Typico Sportsbook have the Browns favored three and a half points and the total sitting at 40 and a half. My pick is the Steelers plus three and a half points. It's a pros versus Joes game with more money coming in on the Steelers, but more bets being placed on the Browns. Also, since 2011, the Steelers are 7-1-1 and against the spread when getting three points or more at home. Nate, how do you see this game playing out? I'll take the Steelers plus 3.5 as well. Baker Mayfield has thrown eight picks in his last five games and has just one game with over a 60% completion rate. I'll ride with the better quarterback in his last home game. That was your typical Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. So we've hit week 17. Bucks are tied with the Rams and the Cowboys at 11-4. and four. And all three of those teams are behind the Packers in the race for the NFC's top seed. So the Bucks need some help, Luke, right, to get the top seed. 538 has their chances at 2%. It does feel like the Bucks must be on the wrong end of these multi-team tiebreakers and we're playing the Jets this week so that's not going to do anything for the tiebreakers uh so what's your leadoff thought about this game against the Jets just this is just one that Tampa Bay should go and dominate like Brady has done in his entire career against his team I think in 36 games he's 29 and 7 and you could do this with a lot of teams in the AFC East uh but what's right. your what's your take on this game it feels it's in a weird spot, right? We're in this push, this playoff push, trying to get the best seed possible. And all of a sudden, the Jets show up on your schedule in Week 17. Yeah, it's a weird one. And, and again, if, if this NFL season has taught us anything, it's that you can't sleep ever. Uh, we had the, yeah, they had the Lions blow out the, the Cardinals uh, a couple weeks ago. We've had, uh, what was it, Houston beat up on the, on the Chargers this past week. So, you know, anything can happen. So you gotta, you got to stay locked in. But the Bucks lost to Washington earlier this year, and they just got spunked by the, uh, by the Cowboys, right? So... Yeah, you got You got to stay on it. But you know, this should look like the Lions game last year. The Bucks should should handle this, and Brady should be on the bench in the fourth quarter for all the right reasons. Um, in terms of the playoff picture, yeah, I mean, really, the the best case scenario is not going to happen because the Packers aren't going to lose their last two games. Agreed. Um, you really you, you're pulling for a Rams loss. That's the big one. You you need the Rams to lose because if you lose, if the Rams lose and you win out, you get the two seed. Uh, and I think that's big because I think at the end of all things, you would ha- there would be a tiebreaker with the Cowboys that the Bucks would win because it would be head to head instead of a three team tie. So if that happens, they would they would leapfrog from the four to the two. So that that's what you want. You want the Bucks to win out, and you want the same. You want the Rams to lose one of those last games so you can get the two seed. You can get hopefully two home games before you'd have to go to Lambeau again. And hey, maybe somebody knocks off the Packers, and you've got that NFC Championship game at home. You know, it's almost a Freudian slip there, Luke. I think you, you meant to say the Saints. Do we, we don't want the Saints. We don't want the Saints. No, God. No. <laughs> not I mean, the Saints not, again. Trust me, no. nothing would make me happier <laughs> than, than beating them again in the playoffs so they can hang their regular season banner and, and 
and enjoy that for a second here in a row. But they are they are not a playoff caliber team, and and they would do a disservice to the product of the NFL to put them in the postseason, in my opinion. <laughs> I love that. That one's for you, John Sigler. There it is. I'm yeah, on it. yeah. We'll see. I'll have to make sure John hears this segment. <laughs> uh, Bucks are thirteen and a half point road favorites in this one. Are you backing them at that number? Luke? Yep. Yeah. Bring it. Yeah. Bring it. Same. I want it. Same. Thirty-two to six on the road in Carolina. I'll I'll take thirteen and a half uh, at the Jets. Yeah, the Jets are two and six in their last eight games, and. The two wins Rookie they have in their last quarterback yeah. against a team that's getting that hasn't given up a touchdown in two weeks. Yeah, Todd Bowles against that guy. I'll take it. Exactly. And the Bucks having a lot of touchdown in back-to-back weeks now. Zach Wilson, uh, I feel bad for that kid. I mean, he's just in a bad situation over there <laughs> with the Jets. I just don't think that franchise, their first-year head coach, I just don't think they really, they really have a clue of what they're doing and how to develop a, you know, a, a top talent like that, a number two overall pick. Uh, so yeah, I like Tampa Bay to win this game. Like, give me a score like thirty-one to ten, something like that. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's yeah. what it feels like. Yeah, I feel like. comfortable with that. That's what it feels like. The over/under is forty-five and a half. Uh, would you lean under that number because we're playing the Jets and they probably yes. won't score? Yes, I, I think it'll be similar to this past week. I think that the Bucks will score a lot and the Jets won't score much at all, and they won't hit that. Okay, cool. So, are you worried at all about? Uh, the COVID situation with the Bucks. Now the Jets had half their team on the COVID reserve list last week, and they won. Luke, they they beat the yep. Jaguars. No, that, that's why. Yeah. they beat the Jaguars. Yeah, that's they why. beat the Jags. So that that shows you where the Jags are. So uh, the Jets should be getting some guys back, but the Bucks have had some guys going on the list throughout the week, including the head coach. So are you worried at all about that situation? I don't know that I'd be worried in a football sense. Obviously, your your thoughts go to Bruce first and foremost as a two time cancer survivor, and at, at this point in his career, you just yeah. hope that he's you know healthy and able to to get back to full strength as soon as possible. But uh, you know, the same goes for all the players as well. But but no, I, I think from a football sense, obviously, you'd love to have those guys out there. But I go back to something we've mentioned on the podcast multiple times throughout the season. We talked about what was the the silver lining to all those injuries, particularly in the secondary all year which is the experience, the playing time, the snaps that those other depth guys are getting, you know, they're starting games, they're playing 50, 60 snaps early in the season so that now when they're called upon again, it's not the first time. They know what to do. They know what's expected of them. And they get to do it against the Jets, which is much better than some of the other teams they had to face earlier in the season. So I, I'm not as worried about it. Again, mostly just hoping those guys are healthy and able to get back soon. Yeah, there's never a bad time to get the Jets on your schedule. Uh, not at all. There's no doubt about it. So It's not great now because it's probably going to be cold out there, and I get that part of it, but maybe it might be refreshing because it's too warm down here right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, Brady can get out the old scuba suit, put it under his jersey. He'll be fine. Yeah, he knows. He knows. He knows how to do it. Uh, all right, Luke, well, I hope you and the fam have a great New Year. Uh, what's going on New Year's Eve for you guys? You just watching college football, doing that thing? What's going on? Yeah, man, lots of college football. i got to figure out something good to cook. I, lo- I love cooking, so uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, find, I'll find something to whip up in the kitchen. We'll watch some football and uh, uh, enjoy the, the myriad of fireworks that uh, are going to happen in this neighborhood. Love it. So happy New Year to everyone, especially the listeners. Don't forget to hit subscribe, and we'll be back to break down uh, this game between the Bucks and the Jets. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll talk to you then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.